2: Hello, my name is Paul Rudd, and I feel excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Do you really feel excited? Well, I mean, I temper my excitement.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the
4: fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Never, we are
0: gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the scam podcast, where I trick uh, really amazing people into uh, talking to me about maybe being my friend, and then I never hear from them again. Uh, but it's been really fun, of course, joined by my trusty assistant, Sona Mosessian. How are you, Sona?
1: I'm good. You know, you know what? You'll hear from me.
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: If you text me, I'll text you back.
0: What is that? All, what is that? Well,
1: because you're like I don't hear from them again, but I'm like I'll I'll you know I'll respond to you. You have
0: to talk to me. I see you. You have a desk right outside my office. I know. I see you every day.
1: I know. Yeah. I was just trying to make you feel better.
0: <laughs> it was did. threatening. <laughs> I know. You know that in real life I have friends, don't you?
1: Do you? You do. <laughs> Okay. No, you do. I do have you friends. You have friends. I
0: don't have, I don't have as many celebrity friends as people would think.
1: No, you have friends that you've had for a long time, which I think says a lot about you.
0: Yeah, I have friends that I've had, you know, since high school, since college, friends from improv back in the 80s when we all had, you know, feathered haircuts, blow dry, up the middle. Oh, eighties was a rough time for me. Yeah. It was a very rough time. I parted my hair in the middle for a while. Oh, that was Seriously? a mistake. It was a mistake. Yeah, I looked like uh, Susan Day on uh, the, <laughs> the Partridge Family. Oh, Partridge <laughs> family. I, also, I want to throw out uh, our terrific uh, producer, Matt Gorley. Matt, hi, Conan. Uh, how are you? I uh, know I did at the eighties. I I'm not kidding. I remembered uh, I had no fashion sense, and I didn't know anything. I had no one helping me. So when I graduated from college and I moved out to Los Angeles with my writing partner, Greg Daniels, all through college, I've been wearing the jeans and T-shirts that I had worn in high school all the way through college. Never got new clothes and then got out to L.A. and thought, yeah, I should probably get like a new piece of clothing A new piece. A new piece of, selection of, what was very, keep in mind, this was the 80s. It was like Dickensian, you know, people, please have some more, you know, you know, times were tough. So I was in Westwood, I think, and I passed a store and it was selling this white, with my complexion, white denim jacket that had big shoulder pads. (laughs) What? And it had all kinds of like, weird patches and seams and it was all white. And it looked like something that a guy (laughs) in Flock of Seagulls who's playing the (laughs) guitar, someone with like a a keyboard guitar thing, it looked like something that if at one point in a Flock of Seagulls song, if they were like, take it guitar," a guy like me would step forward wearing that white jacket (laughs) with shoulder pads. It was the most, and I wore it. You know, it took me years to figure out, no, when you've got complexion of mine where you can see, people can just see my circulatory system when they look at me. I have to wear darker, like, blues. I need to do things like that that, that contrast a little bit with my face. Bright white. <laughs> and it was hideous. And I committed to it for, I think, three years.
4: <laughs> Oof.
0: And it was, talk about, it was this, it was my celibacy suit. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> Your chastity it was, jacket. It was, my cha- <laughs> it was my chastity jacket. I wore this thing, and I would wear it around and be like, hi, ladies. <laughs> and no problem there. There's no photo of me in the 80s holding a woman too tightly. I can't be me too, because no one came near me. Hi, <laughs> hi, f- Goyles. I was just, I don't know what I was, I honestly don't know what I was thinking, and I'm so glad that it's gone. I think at one point I really got a good look at myself on a reflective surface and and was so horrible that the jacket had to be.
3: What was the rest of the outfit? Was it like, i
0: white denim jeans and white sneakers. No, no, (laughs) no. Some kind of weird angel. No, I was, it was a white jacket. I, I, I wore jeans all the time. They never fit quite right because my legs are so long. You had so, to buy
3: like store-bought off the rack. Yes,
0: kind of, yeah. yeah. And I have super long legs. And so there was always a gap. They call them floods. <laughs> yeah. I had floods. So uh, ankle exposed, um, big puffy sneakers. And uh, it was just, uh, I, it was a shit show. What kind mm-hmm. of socks? Like white gym socks? Or? I don't remember. I blacked out at some point. <laughs> I don't know. It's like asking someone to recall a car accident. And you're saying like, but what what did it feel like as you were going through the windshield? I don't know. I just know that my face was shredded and I woke up in a sewer pipe. And you're trying to like, well, what did the glove compartment look like? You know, I don't know. I went through the windshield. It was an awful, awful, awful accident what I was wearing.
1: You tried something new
0: no 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 okay uh, if they, if I'd owned it for a day, it would be excusable. If I owned it for a week, you could say, but no i th- I think there's three years' worth of pictures of me wearing this jacket. Oh, I'd love and they that. exist out there, and we've gotta find them. There'll be a hunt for Conan wearing the white denim bright white denim uh Flock of seagulls jacket. It had kind of like almost a double-breasted thing that went across the front. Like a short, cropped waistcoat kind of thing? And I think it was sort of like I was the um, pretty high up the chain on an Imperial Space Force. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't give the command to fire the laser, but I'm next to the guy who gives the command to fire Were there buckles at all on this thing? I don't think there were buckles, but there were snaps. Snaps. There were snaps and uh, yeah. And tons of little pockets and inside pockets and outside pockets and uh, whoever made that coat, made that jacket and it might, I I don't want to disparage any company. Chess king. Whoever made that jacket needs to be uh, brought before (laughs) some kind of tribunal. (laughs) (laughs) Or else just forced to wear that jacket now. I'm very excited about our guest today. Uh, My guest today has appeared in countless movies over the years, including Clueless, Knocked Up, Role Models, Anchorman, Ant-Man, and Avengers Endgame, which is the highest grossing superhero movie in history. Uh, You can now see him starring in the Netflix series Living With Yourself which is really fantastic. I have watched the show and it's terrific. He's one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. I've known him for years. He is so funny and I'm excited he's with us today. Paul Rudd is in the studio. Hey Paul. When you came in just now to the podcast you uh you acted as if you were familiar you were familiar with the podcast.
4: Oh
2: my god I have been listening for weeks. Because you acted weeks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I I've, I've, I've always I've I love the podcast.
0: Uh, thank you very much but you were excited you were excited to see Gorley and Sona mm-hmm. as if they were rock stars and yeah. I that uh that upset me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's always
2: a strange thing to you know you imagine what some somebody looks like yeah. or what a space looks like. And, and then when you actually see them or it in real life, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, it's a sensation. drag, it's a drag, <laughs> it's to it's see
0: in person. It's a, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying.
2: I remember as a kid, I would listen to, you know, kind of before, uh, musicians and bands and music, everyone was so in your face and you just really heard songs on the radio. Occasionally, you know, I'd really love a song and I'd listen to it and I know it really well. Right. And then I'd see the band that was singing it. (laughs) Maybe they were on Saturday Night Live or, or, you know... and it was, I remember just ha- having visceral reactions. Yes.
0: Like, Whoa, he does not look like what I imagined him to look like. <laughs> you know who apparently had that effect was that singer Christopher Cross. Yeah. Women fell in love with Christopher Cross and then a, and it was just in the era before videos. Right. And then, so they heard him singing all those songs. And then I, th- I guess, and I hope I'm not offending anyone out there, particularly Christopher Cross, but then they saw him. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing he might be the one that he might be He would be the, the one. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my list of who might be offended in it. It just says Christopher Cross over and over and over again. <laughs> but apparently uh, that was what happened is people saw him, women saw him and went, oh, that's not, that's not what I was thinking about when I heard the song. <laughs> His, he, uh, and not an ugly
2: man by any means. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> but it is true. I remember seeing Christopher Cross the first time and, and that's another example. He had a kind of a high, higher pitched voice. His voice didn't seem to match the physicality. yeah is yeah. really, I'm
0: just repeating what you said. You tempered what I said, and you made it uh, nicer. You, know? you said there was a, a dissonance. Uh, there, was, uh, there was not a connection between the visual and the... Uh, I don't know how this happened. This happens... <laughs> to, but you're all right.
2: That is essentially what I was saying as I was repeating what you had initially said
0: about, in a way, the voice not matching the vessel. Let me point out to everyone listening right now that what you can do... With this podcast, at any point, is there's a fast forward button? Yeah. So if at any point uh, uh, Paul and I get lost in a, what some would call a conversational cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. a dead end, you can push the 30 seconds forward button, then push it again and then again. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'll be honest with you. I would imagine people are probably just throwing their phones away. <laughs> <laughs> now that's an expensive uh, proposition. To that's th- that's how much they hate this. They <laughs> To walk up, to, to dislike the Conan O'Brien podcast so much that you have the brand new iPhone with the three lenses <laughs> and yeah. you just got it yeah. and you just got the screen protector put on mm-hmm. and you're listening to this episode and you go, nope, and you walk up to the nearest trash can and drop it in with a thud. I'll just get another phone.
4: It's not worth, it's,
0: it's, that's, oh, it's like. (laughs) That
2: that tasted so bad.
0: (laughs) This has infected my phone. Yeah, that's what we've done with this podcast is you're gonna find out Mm -hmm. that the phone is slower now. Uh, even yeah. if you delete the whole podcast? Yep. Even if you delete all the podcasts I've done. This is, this interview has given your phone a virus. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: Things are gonna just be slower. The reception won't be the same. Nothing you do now. We've known each other a long time. I remember, I'm gonna sound like an old man now, but I started, I think, my TV show in, I think, I know exactly, it was 93. And then I I think it was like two years later Mm -hmm. when Clueless came out and you were this fresh-faced young man that showed up on the program, very funny, very nice. uh, And we've constantly been running into each other. I've interviewed you a million times, but also just, I'll pass you, I'll have... Uh, Paul Rudd encounters sort yeah. of like seeing a Yeti in the woods. <laughs> and it's really always a very nice experience. And I'll tell you exactly about one of them, which is JFK Airport. I think it was JFK. I was walking through JFK Airport mm-hmm. and my wife and I ran into you and you hadn't shaved and you were holding a guitar case. A banjo. You a, had a banjo yeah. in it. And you said that you were learning it and practicing it. And we just had the nicest talk with you. And here's the weird thing: every time I know exactly where it was in JFK Airport, because every time I walk through that part of JFA at JFK Airport, I have the same thought, which is, yeah, I saw Paul Rudd here with his banjo. Like every I
2: exact I have the exact same memory. And I walk past that same spot, and I think
0: the same thing. Isn't that weird? That is. That is. It's like a nice. There should be a plaque there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, that sounds grandiose. Uh, I know some people <laughs> listening are like, "That's a little far," but I think there should be a plaque commemorating that you and I had a nice moment. There. I think. It, I think. I said.
2: You, I think. I said. Yeah, I'm trying to learn uh, banjo, and. Um, you said, you said something about, do you want to punish your family or yeah that so, yeah. so you're- uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's probably some cruel remark. Some, some, no, some, <laughs> it made me, it was very funny. Not so funny that I remember it verbatim clearly. <laughs> no, but it was, I, like, it was
0: a solid C plus. Yeah.
2: But I remember laughing. Uh,
0: not, <laughs>
2: not so much at the one joke, but more a career in comedy.
0: Thank you. <laughs> You were appreciating my my body of work work. in that moment. The body of work. Yeah. You said, well, that was a weak uh, infield. Uh, (laughs) But they all add up. Yeah. But he's hit some homers in his day. Oh, plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember that very well. And just over the years, uh, you've you've really had a, I'll use the word lovely. Uh, I use that word occasionally, I think on the podcast, I've used the word lovely, but I think you've had a lovely career. In terms of, I'll say this, in terms of you do work, people really like you, you do very good work, and you've endured for what is now a long time. It's been, you've been like 60 years that you've been around. 60 years, 60 years. I remember when you first appeared on the old, first I Love Lucy mm-hmm. pilot. Yeah, yeah. And uh,
2: she was great. She, Lucy was great. She was great. I'll tell you who wasn't, Vivian Vance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Really? yeah. She seemed so nice on TV. She did, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, total nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. By the way, this is the kind of joke that then will get picked up and written. Like, I hate Vivian. Vance.
0: <laughs> you know who picks these? I've Never met Vivian you know Vance who, in my life. You know who loves to pick up these things? It's, uh, it's, and and my hats off to them. But the Inquirer, they love to take uh, stuff. Someone like me, someone like you, joking around. Yeah. And then it's it will be comic rips into beloved Vivian Vance yeah that it'll show up there there'll be a picture of you looking like a dick mm-hmm. and then there'll be a picture of her looking like a saint right and uh and, and then,
2: then and then one story will be written and then and then a bunch of other outlets will just look at that headline and then twist it even more
0: yeah. Until yeah. finally,
2: it's just reported that I murdered Vivian Vance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well-known uh, Vivian Vance murderer Paul Rudd has a new and show by out. The way, on Net- on and this is
2: how, like, I'm, I'm, we're joking about it. I'm actually now nervous of what's going to be written, <laughs> written about me and
0: Vivian Vance. <laughs> well, I, we had this experience. I <laughs> joked once with Sona shortly after Michael Jackson passed away. Oh, yeah. Did I mention this on, this the, is, on yeah, the podcast?
3: But, yeah, but oh, it's a good one.
0: Well, I'll just briefly recap it for those people that have, but I was just joking with Sona and saying things like, look, Sona, I'd like to go to the service to pay my respects to my, she had just started working with me, right? You didn't it was know. was really early on. And I just called her up and said, look, uh, Michael's passed away. I'm going to want to go to the viewing. I want alone time with Michael. I want, I'll, I'll say hi to Joe the father but I don't want to see Tito." And she wrote all this down and then I got to work and she was about to start making calls. Of course, they never would have let me within a thousand miles, but I talked about this somewhere and then there was this article, like in the Enquirer, about the cruellest man in show business, <laughs> and it was Conan O'Brien forced his assistant to try and get in to see Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it was a joke. And then I had like my mother's friends going, "What happened to your boy? <laughs> why was why did he become such a monster?" Yeah, yeah, That's really. Good. I just didn't yep. want to see Tito. I kept saying that, right? I don't want to see Tito. Yeah,
1: and you also said you wanted to adopt blanket.
0: I said I want to adopt Blanket, mm-hmm. and uh, and I actually said I told her which lawyer of mine to call mm-hmm. to start the adoption proceedings for Blanket, and um, and then this <laughs> and this
2: sh- was your first week on the job, <laughs> yeah,
0: literally yeah. her first week on the job, and then of course, uh, and I am a monster, I'll 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 admit <laughs> that, but. Uh, But I was just so funny. And they found a picture of me like sneering, you know, from, you know, staring into this. They got a shot of me like outside sneering because of the sunlight. And it looked like I was just uh, this miserable old Mr. Burns from the Simpsons, (laughs) like, Cruel taskmaster, but anybody's reading that can see and see the joke. Understand? No, they couldn't. they couldn't. They couldn't. They you couldn't. read it, and yeah. you just think, "What yeah. a madman!" It
2: is true. You just hope they do.
0: Yeah. But no, no, no. Sometimes they. No, don't. they don't. Many you people know? now think I'm a I'm a monster, <laughs> and they should. You uh, you started doing something. Well, what year did you start doing this? You started showing a clip. I would. I, I think it began with you, and it was just an absurdist da da kind of joke. Mm. Instead of showing a clip for your movie. Uh, and this is something that fans just really grew to love, you would always say, okay, it's time to show the clip from my movie and you would set it up very seriously and then you would cut to this footage from this movie called Mac and Me Mm -hmm. of a uh, boy in a wheelchair going down uh, a hill. Right. And going off a cliff and falling into the water and then a badly animated alien popping up. Yeah. It's a fantastic clip.
2: (laughs) It's startling, isn't it?
0: It's startling and shocking, and the picture of the boy in the wheelchair dropping into the water, and it's supposed to be like a kid's movie. Yeah. It's one of the most, and I encourage anyone who, just go online and look at Paul Rudd, Conan, uh, Paul Rudd wastes Conan's time and America's time, (laughs) whatever, just plug that in, and this clip from Mac and Me will come up. You started doing that, and then you committed to it. Over a 20-year period. Right, yeah. It's been 20 years, I think. I was never, I never imagined that that would be the case. You didn't think I'd last that long. <laughs> you said, I'll do this for the last two uh, years just, of Conan's career. Yeah, and Starting then, in 95. And then
2: whatever flavor of the month comes in to host a show, then I'll i <laughs> will just, just take that bit over to theirs. Uh, no, I, you know, there was, there's something so- um, tricky about, you know, so all right, here I am. I'm going to sell my wares on TV. and like, go, oh, here's something from what I just filmed. It just seemed, uh, and still does to a, to a large extent, um, uh, kind of insincere. And so uh, to me, it's like, oh, this is all just people are watching this and it's all just silly. Anyway, this entire business is silly. So, uh, that was one where I, th- I I've seen the whole movie. You've
0: seen the movie <laughs> Mac and Me. Now Mac and oh, Me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me educate people. It is a kind of a bad ET ripoff, right? Uh, yeah. It came I, out from, a few I years. I think after
2: funded you. by McDonald's, and which is why it's Mac. There's a, there's a girl in it. That's right. There's, there's a, a girl McDonald's. In, there's connection. a whole sequence that takes place in a McDonald's. Right. There's a girl who wears a McDonald's uniform throughout the whole movie. But there's a scene. I remember watching it, kind of stumbling across it on TV. And there's a scene where it's like the alien raids this kid's house kind of exactly like E.T. did. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and, and he's looking for this, what he assumes, I guess, is an alien or something that was in his house. And then the alien is up in the tree looking at him. And then this Peter Cetera sounding song <laughs> about best friends kicks in and it's totally unearned. They don't even know each other. Like, right. I, I remember like what? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and so I think- that when I started, and this was early in your show, I'm just gonna show a clip from something else. And another one that I had been toying with was from the movie Baby Geniuses, which I don't know if you've seen Baby Geniuses. I have not. Gorley, have you seen Baby yeah, Geniuses? I sure have. Baby Geniuses is another one of those movies that you watch and say, who was this made for? <laughs> like what age? What? I don't even know what the target audience is. Right. But there's this, you know, they're essentially all babies know the secrets of the universe and can talk to one another before they turn two, where they forget it, and as they start to talk, it goes away. I, I, and which, I could always, be,
0: which could be true. It could we be don't, true. We don't know.
2: Love the idea. Sure. Don't love the movie. But there's a <laughs> there's a scene where a baby, I want to say they have this super baby in a lab, I don't know, and, and he escapes. And uh, this team of thugs are trying to track him down, trying to get the, trying baby. to get this baby, and then they cut to the baby fighting a group of men, and it's clearly a, a stunt little person. <laughs> no, and uh no. just beating up these guys. And there's also I I assume the budget was so low. That there, there was this one maniacal laugh that the kid makes, right? And every time the movie, they just use the same they just laugh, and so it's it's you hear it a hundred times. And what's and this, the laugh like? <laughs> <laughs> it actually, sounded more like witchy poo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. that's so anyway. So so first of all. That's baby geniuses, you gotta look that up. I have to see that, I don't know that. Yeah, it's worth your time. So it is, it (laughs) is. Uh, So there's Mac and Me, you show the Mac and Me clip and you commit to that. And then uh, what's so funny is that fans uh, got into it. It got around that you do this every time you come on Conan and you don't acknowledge it. And and it's like Lucy and Charlie uh, Brown and the football, it's just going to happen no matter what I do. And this played out and then uh, some fans uh, more, maybe one or more put together this mashup where you can watch you wasting my time <laughs> right. over a 20 year period yeah. and it's this- I perf- almost
2: think there are some that aren't even in that
0: mashup. No, no, I think they didn't get to all of <laughs> yeah. them, but what's amazing about it is it's this performance art joke that takes place over two decades and means nothing. Nothing. That's also what I love, is that there's no point behind it. No. It's beautiful. This is
2: the first time we've even addressed it. It I I had to address it. No, no, of course, and and, and, and by the way, this is a safe space. This
0: is a safe space. (laughs) It's a small space and and an unimpressive space. It's a small
2: and unimpressive, yet safe space. Uh, No, of course, I
0: figured we would uh, talk about it. But but
2: I I love that, um, yeah, it was just the next time but you know what I, I think love I did it, is what?
0: that you did it once. I think it was it, was it This is 40 for Judd? Uh-huh. Apatow. Yeah. And I think or, you were coming on my show and um, Judd was like, just don't do the Mac and me yeah. thing. Show the real clip because he just wanted you to promote the movie. Right. And you didn't. You showed. <laughs> I showed the clip and there was a, but there
2: was also another time that <laughs> he came and stopped it.
4: <laughs>
2: he stopped it. He was like the one time I think I actually showed an. A real
0: clip on right. your show. Where Judd was like, stop we're, fucking around, yeah. show the real clip. Yeah. We've got a movie to promote. And <laughs> it, you were like, look, it's a kid in a wheelchair going down a hill.
2: I just feel so <laughs> gross telling anybody to go see this. Like, here it is. Here's the real thing. Right. Um, yeah. And and Judd, Judd uh, said, you know, dude. But then- you know, to be fair, I then did more movies with Judd and I think he was just
0: just whatever you wanted yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's uh, he's a he's uh, a good man, he's clearly got a sense of humor, he relented, He yeah. understood that there was a power behind Mac and me <laughs> that even he, with all of his power, couldn't stop
2: well, it is like i like you, I enjoy it because it just is so dumb, yes, and it means nothing yeah. and it just now. For lack of a better uh, phrase, has legs. That's terrible. You're oh, no. oh, terrible. terrible. Oh, that's terrible. No. That's that's where, that's the article that's going to be written.
4: Oh, no.
0: I think the the actor is pretending that he's paralyzed. That's your way out. It's oh, not really paralyzed. I, so the poor safe. boy. The boy with,
2: yeah. S- s- I'm yeah. I think do you do this? Maybe
0: <laughs> I spend a. L-
2: I can't even go. I, I s- can't even talk about it. I, I spend, spend a lot
0: of time. And Sony, you will back this up. I spend more time in my life thinking of what would be the worst thing I could do. Yeah. And that's all I do. I, all I do when I is, is think of, you know, if there's a benefit or whatever, what would be the worst thing I could do? And I remembered years ago when my late night show was just starting out and I- was was people were saying, well, who is this guy? He replaced David Letterman. He's a punk kid. He's got no experience. This show is awful. He's terrible. This this is a mistake. I was obsessed with the idea of what would be the worst way for me to try and kickstart my show into fame? And I had this idea of it was at the height of Michael Jordan mania and the Bulls were playing the Knicks. And I remember going and I someone got me tickets and I was nearby and I remember thinking, what if I ran out onto the court? What, this was me when I was my most hated and untried, and people are like, oh, we just don't like that guy. What if I ran out of the court and jumped up, ripped off my shirt, and it said, watch Conan 1230, <laughs> better than Letterman, like oh. on, a, on, a, on a shirt. And I jumped up when Michael Jordan was like in a crouch and got on, on his shoulders, like to try and get a big stunt picture of <laughs> me on Michael Jordan's shoulders. But of course, he's not prepared for it, he doesn't see me, and he falls over, and rips his uh, like bicep badly and can never play again. <laughs> and I'm doing a victory dance around a fallen Michael Jordan oh wearing God. a shirt that says Conan O'Brien, better than Letterman, watch at 1230, crudely <laughs> written in pen. And Michael Jordan's writhing in pain at my feet and I'm ignoring his cries to help him up. And I was like, yeah, I, and I, that's what I was thinking about. Like, I would never, of course, do that in a billion years, but I was like, oh, wouldn't people be mad? I that's what I was thinking. Wouldn't th- they be mad at I me? I think
2: it is a very uh, what common- What is that? I think it's a common thing for a, a comedic mind <laughs> to immediately go, what's the worst thing yeah. that I could do in this situation? But you
0: you yeah. must find yourself, because you have a similar brain where you're constantly in situations where- you're getting lauded. You've had all this success. Uh, you know people are excited to see you, and you probably want to say <laughs> the worst thing. Yeah, you don't do it. We we. It's it's like when you're on top of the Empire State Building, and you have that second. You're on the observation. You have that second of you know I could just lean forward, and but you don't. It's that weird, scary. Yeah, I, I'm constantly thinking of what's the worst thing I could say or do. It would be unforgivable and, and, uh, yeah. and everyone would ask me to leave the world. I, I, th- I think it's, um,
2: you do have to pull yourself back. I haven't always pulled myself back. Occasionally I have said or done the thing that you can't. Right. And
0: um, right. it never, it never works
2: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think, well, you know, it's funny because you famously were on, you were on the very last episode of Friends mm. and- you got to think of this show that as big as it was at the time, it just continues to grow in the yeah. popular culture worldwide because of streaming. And it, uh, it's this magical happening, the Friends series. And you are in the very last one. And I heard that you tried to make a joke with, at the end of the episode. with uh, <laughs> You felt self-conscious about oh, yeah. everyone was so emotional Oh, the cast was so emotional, and you are there uh, with them. Un- understandably so, yeah. Uh,
2: but I felt like, oh, I shouldn't be seeing this. I shouldn't be here. <laughs>
0: so you're seeing like, like, it's just, it's like you're, you're seeing people crying, crying, hugging,
2: crying, and and um, yeah. I mean, it's an. They've spent ten years with each other, and it, and and my god, the
4: ride that they all went on together. Yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, I I remember walking over and, and acting like I was. With them the the entire time And what you're talking about specifically Was Jennifer Aniston and Marta Kaufman
0: The creator, yeah The creator
2: were hugging each other And crying And uh, I just went over And just joined the embrace and said Guys, what a ride I mean, can you believe Can't even, here we are Here we are
4: And uh, and, yeah. and let me guess, let me guess,
2: how'd that go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just kind of walked walked away a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, they're, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's there's so, a, it's yeah, so funny. A, it's, it's a little bit like being the odd, I mean, they were incredibly welcoming and nice yes, and I yes, yes, loved yes, them yeah. all, but, but you do feel a little bit like the odd guy out at the party.
0: Yes, yes. But I love how uh, in those moments I'm always, uh, I like to do, I do these things and you think, uh, it's almost, in a weird way, I enjoy it more when I do it and I don't get the laugh or I don't get a huge response. Right. It it makes it, I was somewhere, I was at some event, and I've never really met him. I'd never met him, but Mark Zuckerberg's there, who famously dropped out of the same college that I went to and, um, to, to create Facebook. And he's at the party, and, and someone, I think, at one point went, oh, Mark, Conan. And he was like, oh, hello. And I said, you know, man, if you had uh, finished up at Harvard like I did, you'd be where I am now. <laughs> and he looked at me <laughs> like I was a rusty, broken, shit-covered fire hydrant and moved on, you know? <laughs> like, And Oops. he was the correct, I'm not, it wasn't his, I just remembered thinking like, I... <laughs> That's a great. That's a great. I thought it was funny. That is but funny. I know, but I think he's just like he's busy. And then oh, there's that guy from TV, and I'm like, yeah, if you'd finished Harvard like I did, you you know, you'd be where I am now. And he's probably just thinking like, yes, I far prefer where I am, you know, <laughs> than to where you are.
2: He didn't get what you were saying. Yeah, he I didn't suppose, get the
0: joke, or got it and was like, this isn't worth my time. I saw him defriend me, uh, <laughs> oh, with his eyes. Oh, what? God.
1: Uh, I don't know. No. No, I don't you. know about that joke. You know what? I'm, I'm going to back
3: you up. I like that one. <laughs> okay. Right, okay. Oh,
1: okay. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>
3: sorry.
0: On the way in today's Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's <laughs> gone... Cuckoo, there's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah,
1: I'm right there with you. Yeah,
0: and you know another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling.
4: Yeah. I hate a
0: filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days. But not Uh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it, it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I, it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com Conan. over the years found that when I'm interviewing people, I found this, people would ask me, what's your favorite kind of guest? And they always want to know, who's the worst guest you ever talked to? Right. And I would say, I'm not going to give you a person's name, but there's a type of person that I don't like talking to. And that is someone who's really young, who hasn't had real life experience. Mm -hmm. And so for many years in the 90s and 2000s, I was interviewing people who had- started acting when they were 14 or 12, 12 out here in Los Angeles, got on like Disney shows or they got on shows pretty quickly. They got work pretty quickly. Right. And then um, they were very good looking. They had won the genetic lottery. So they very quickly, they're on these other shows and they're on WB shows and CW shows. And uh, they'd come on my program and I would say, or I'd ask them stuff, you know, about something in life that had caused them pain that might start an interesting conversation. And they would launch into stories about like, well, okay, I ordered my Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, I wanted it to be, uh, it was supposed to be, you know, a teal blue. (laughs) And this silver piece of shit shows up. (laughs) And you can feel the audience completely detached from them. Yeah. The audience will never come back. And I remembered thinking, oh, yeah, it's not your fault. You're a weird creature that's been grown in a greenhouse. And I thought that's the kind of, I mean, I know you had success at a very early age, but you seem to arrive fully formed as a person. Well,
2: I, I mean, I was in my mid-20s before I really did anything, but I also didn't come from a showbiz family. I And, um, yeah, I, I think I remember even as a kid, and I would watch Letterman or – you know, any, any shows. And when people, people would show up like that, Mm -hmm. I, I would recoil. I mean, it's like, this person has no self-awareness. Like you said, they were catered to and grown in a lab and you know, it's, you feel almost feel, almost feel bad. Um, but my, I remember kind of as a kid, I always thought, "Oh God, the worst thing in the world would be if I was starting off and I was the kind of person that Dennis Miller would make a joke about. <laughs> like I would be referenced as like some young actor douche.
0: Yep, the, uh, who just a reference joke.
2: Yeah, it's like a reference joke, and uh, and I, that was like my biggest nightmare.
0: <laughs> that never happened though.
2: Right? No, no, not that I know of. But I, um, you, you kind of you grow up as a fan of people certainly a fan of of letterman and we've had that conversation mm-hmm. before and and um and people who seem like they get the joke yep and the idea that they might think i don't get the joke or that i'm you know just some young asshole actor that's just all about pilot season
4: <laughs> and <laughs> right. and
2: uh and being well known it's oh my god nothing sounds worse that's hell
0: yeah to be dismissed, that's why over the years, I swear I do have a conscience about it. I hate when I've hurt somebody's feelings. It, it makes me, Yeah. Um, I like, I, if I really think I've hurt someone's feelings, I can't go to sleep. Same, it's the worst, it's the worst. I think financial losses are worse. <laughs> I don't think it's the worst, I think. I might be, I th- I might,
2: that might be hyperbole.
0: Yeah. It's the third worst. <laughs> it's like the sixth worst.
2: Being yeah. hungry.
0: Having getting the wrong Porsche, when you want the one. <laughs> the teal? Is yes, it, yeah. that's the one that you would want. That would be the worst. That would By be, the way, that was my story. Worst. I told that story. <laughs> uh, I was, I pretended it was some other kid, but God damn it, when they send the wrong Porsche. Right oh. people, am I right? Write in if you're with me on this one, said the out of touch madman. man. Uh, you know, we had a really interesting conversation, you know, switching gears a little bit. We had an early, uh, nice conversation. I came into the dressing room mm. when you showed up uh, today and we spent a long time in there. Yeah. Some thought a little lo- too long. Yeah, oh. there were people waiting outside the door. Yeah, but we were very comfortable with each other and uh, two equals, uh, two two guys at exactly the same level.
1: Okay. What's wrong? <laughs> sorry, Why I, are you laughing? I didn't mean to s- loudly respond. Why so are you
0: laughing? Sorry. I said two men. Similar. Similar age, one a little older than the other, but at exactly the same well, level. both six both 6'4 four.
2: He's
1: been in Marvel movies, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
0: I've been to Marvel movies. Okay, all right, I've you're seen right then. Sorry. No, listen. What's to say? How do you know? You act like I haven't been offered parts in Marvel movies. How do you know that I've not been offered parts in Marvel movies?
1: Well, because I work for you, and if you did have an offer, I would know about it.
0: It's true. It would go through you. Yeah. <laughs> the point is this: two guys, ones. Older than the other, slightly, <laughs> uh, and uh, not quite at the same level as the other, but men that respect each other. Greatly. I would, I, and that makes me feel very good because I certainly
2: respect you. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I was, uh, I was pleased that you came in before the show to hang out. I rem- remember the first time that happened doing your show when Janine Garofalo was also a guest on your show mm-hmm. and- uh, I was with, I was hanging out with her before the, the show started and you came in and we're hanging out. It was all, and I had done the show before and we had ha- exchanged a couple of pleasantries, but yeah. again, did, and, uh, you came in and you were so funny. Oh, that's good. Uh, bitingly funny. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and then, and then that, and ever since then, I just, uh, thought, ah, oh. when we were doing this thing and I say, I feel, uh, blank about being conan o'brien's friend i always thought oh i i in my heart of hearts i would say destined oh wow because uh it, it is true we have found each other sometimes at a at a dinner or something and i know we both are pals with bill Hader. yep and um uh and so the uh the idea that we would that we would actually get to hang out yeah uh, is is uh, is very it's cool. Well, it's cool,
0: but, you know, the, uh, Bill Hader's a good example of someone who I just think of, um, you know, one of my issues is that I have a little bit of an unhealthy assumption that someone may not want to hang out with me. Not that they, and I'm not saying a false modesty, like they desperately don't want to hang out with me, but just that other people are busy and they have things to do. I get it. And yeah, so, no. uh, but um, there are, and I don't have a lot of, I mean, the the name of the podcast is, you know, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and that's sort of just a way in. But the truth is I have, I don't know, I would say a, a a pretty good, healthy, small selection of good friends over the years. And then I have all these people I know in show business, but I don't really – hang yeah. a lot with people because we're all busy. And well, you also have a family. Yes. You have a job. Yeah. And
2: I have found, I, I'm, I don't know if this is the case with you. I think it probably is. As, as you get older and your world uh, gets bigger in many ways with the show and with all the people you meet, right. um, you actually make a bit of an effort to make your actual world smaller. It just, yeah. you know, that's just what happens. And if you have any time at all, You want to be uh, at home, not really doing much of anything. Right. Spending time with your kids. And I have the same thing, too, where I don't assume anyone would want to spend time with me.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I I I don't don't want to put
2: anybody in a position where, you know, it's like, hey, you want to go uh, have dinner? I always hear of these dinners people are at. You know, it's like, oh, there are these dinners going on. I
0: hear about those dinners too. And you know what? They are happening. They are happening. They are happening and we're not at them. We're not at them. And I I don't,
2: I'm not invited, but I also don't um, try and organize them.
0: No, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to organize a dinner at my house that you're going to be at. Okay. And then I'm going to make sure that the other people are people you and I don't really know (laughs) whose careers aren't going great. (laughs) Okay, great. What time? (laughs) <laughs> It'll be in your honor, Gourley <laughs> uh, I feel like all roads led to that joke Gourley's been sitting there waiting Oh, that was Waiting like a that, panther that Coiled was, On a mountain pass Waiting to pounce That was just gorgeous That was beautifully done, Gorley. Oh, come on Someday Makes me so,
3: uncomfortable when you come No, me.
0: no You know what? I am gonna learn your first name, Gourley <laughs> Because <laughs> that was that good. Yeah. That was, uh, no, I, I I know what you mean. There are dinners that occur, and I'm always amazed when there are people who are just naturally good at getting a whole bunch of people together, mm-hmm. and th- and they know who to call. Like, yeah. They don't make the food themselves, but they know food is brought in, and it's all taken care of, and... And and I think, yeah, what's it like to go through life as one of those people?
2: And also seem really comfortable within groups and being able to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. and keep conversation going and keep the laughs going. Oh, I can do that, baby. I got got that, I got that. Have you found that uh, after so many years of doing this job Mm -hmm. that you are even better at keeping table conversation going. Yeah, you know- It is a muscle
0: memory. I have been at dead tables at events and I will work it to try and get everybody- Talking, And if I see that someone, another person isn't talking, I'll say like, well, Margaret, you know, uh, what did you think? Did you think that aluminum siding is the way to go? And I try and get her involved and I try and get everyone involved. The problem is occasionally I'll say, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. (laughs) 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 It just happens. It just, (laughs) there is a muscle memory that's like, I'll get a laugh and I'll think, now we get out. Only there's no way to get out. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. Interesting, that, and, and it's improved over the years, I'm sure. And, and,
0: and It just you know. tightens up, it tightens up, and I'll get a big laugh and I'll say, <laughs> all right, that's it for now, we'll take a break. And people will, you know, it's just sad. <laughs> and
2: this, then the soup comes I think in. I'll be
0: doing that uh, when I'm in the home as an old man, <laughs> you know, after some embarrassing procedure. Well, we got that out of me. We'll take a break. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs)
2: Hey, did you ever learn how to play the banjo? No. Did you play the guitar? Uh, Barely. I I play like an actor plays, which is I can play enough that I can entertain myself for several hours, but no one would ever want to listen to me play. Yeah. So I feel like I know, yeah, I know some chords and I can finger pick a little bit and banjo I can, same, but... um, I've never given it the time that is necessary. I find that, I know you play, but I find with musical instruments, it's also overwhelming. You know what this instrument is capable of sounding like. Yes. And to put in the work at this
0: age to get it to sound like that just seems daunting. So here's my question. What is it we should put our time into now? I'm a bit older than you, but I'm, I'm uh, you know we're in the same approximate section of life. Mm-hmm. And I I'm, I think about this sometimes, which is I could pour a lot of energy into getting better at the guitar and get a really serious teacher, but that's there's a finite amount of time left. Is that what I want to do? Right. Or do I want to try to read more of the great books? Or do I want to try and learn really- a language w- Learn language. Learn a language. Or do I really want to travel and see? And you get to this point where when you're a kid, you think, oh, I can do anything I want. And now I think- Uh, wait, if I'm going to hire that guitar teacher and he's going to come once or twice a week and really work with me to up my game, that's time that doesn't go into um, grinding my fist into my son's chest to make him (laughs) giggle. You know, like it's just, that's this thing I do when I come home is I, I call it the grinder. I pretend to hug him and then I get in there with my fist and start, and he I know this one spot that makes him giggle like a maniac. Mm. And uh, then we're rolling on the floor and he's now, he's like, he's huge now. So it's a full on fight and furniture's being smashed, but <laughs> I've gotta do that. Yeah. I've gotta do that. And I can't not do that. Now, that's better than, by the way, that's better than
2: learning a language. That's the best thing there is. Yeah. Uh, th- I remember when I was a kid, um, when I say a kid, I was I'm maybe 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book. Um, of quotes there this one section of different quotes, and there was one quote that Picasso said, I was remembering, and Picasso said, Everyone should change careers at fifty and i I thought well. Easy for Picasso to say, it's, it's fucking Picasso. Sure. Um, but- uh, It's really, it, it, I, I, I he all, knew that when he said I, it. Too. Yeah, yeah, he totally knew. When, um, but I remember thinking, well, that seems like a good time in one's life to try something new, use that as a, as a marker for doing something like that. Uh, learning a language or, you know, or a musical instrument or traveling right, or doing right. something. Um, and for me, and it this changes, I'd like to learn how to barbecue
0: r- correctly. That's interesting that you say that because I've thought about this too, grilling, and I know you're not making a joke. No. Grilling meats well. I mean, well. a little bit, but not really. <laughs> no. Because I am trying to learn. Right, and having that confidence to take a really expensive, good piece of meat and put it on a grill and... No, like Joel McHale is really good at that. Is he really? Yes, Joel McHale uh, is really good at, he'll throw a giant steak on, he's marinated it, and then he's talking to you confidently. And then at just the right moment, he flips it and it's still undercooked when he takes it off. But then he knows that it cooks let it sit for three minutes. Yeah, and then it's fantastic. It's really good. and, and, just, and he, But he just knows how to do that. And, I'm, and, and I think that is a great skill to yeah. have, to know how to cook a meat, to cook, cook a meat. To
2: cook something and also to make a drink for somebody. I like, can't, I can't, I can't say do that. that. Somebody said like, you know, oh, can, I have a pub in my house. I built an Irish pub in the well, basement. Just of Just sad. House. That's it, yeah. Uh, it's it's it, it, it. That's the first step to <laughs> a lot of bad news. <laughs> You're not kidding. But people <laughs> will come down into the pub and they'll say, "Oh, can you make me an old fashioned?" And I say, "Nope."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's been, uh, no, I'd I, like to. I, I mean, I don't want to be like a you know a Williamsburg mixologist right. with a curled mustache. And making sarsaparilla uh, with vermouth
0: with a little oyster in it, and,
2: uh, yeah, in a metal straw, in <laughs> a frosted martini glass. I don't, you know, I don't need that that much, but I'd like to learn uh, how to bartend. I never
0: bartended. No, I never bartended either. The most I ever did was serve drinks, but they were they were poured. They were there had already been like made. glasses of wine, where, or things that had been made. Where did you do this They're, at the Groundlings Theater? They would sometimes have events, and I remember doing it for a couple of times uh, here in on Melrose. Where they would, I remember, hand, you know, bringing people their drinks, but mm-hmm. they were already made, right? And um, I do the exact same thing. I have all the stuff one would need to make oneself a mixed drink, mm-hmm. and what I do is I say. Uh, they come in and, and I say, Well, would you like something? Would you like beer or wine? And if they, they do this pause where they're wondering, Is there something more exotic in the offering? Sometimes people do that. I go, Would well, you want some mm. beer? Do you want some wine? Uh, would you like uh, a cocktail? And they go, yeah, yeah, a cocktail. And I go like, and then I can already feel I'm getting panicked oh, and sweaty. My God. Yeah. And then I'll just say, well, well, what do you want? And they're like, well, uh, I don't know, I might do a, an old Molly's bourbon, you know, catchatory and, uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just- I'll
2: have a Pimms cup and an and, uh, Aperol spritz for the lady. <laughs> yeah, and for the
0: lady, uh, Nestor's Revenge. You know, who's Nestor? Like, I love all these-
2: uh, <laughs> n-
0: <laughs> Nestor, yeah, just a name. Yeah. All I know is that it has bitters in it. It has bitters, <laughs> rutabaga, and uh, a little, the rind of a bologna. And it's in there. And then you, and, you, and do you have blood oranges? Yeah, yeah. And then just the names like, I'll have, I'll have Mulgravy's Crutch, if you don't mind. And uh, she'll have the old Shamalam Snowfall. And I'm like, what
2: it what? By so, the way, I think Mulgravy's crutch is <laughs> is on
0: a drink menu. If it isn't, it should be added. yeah, mold gra- it's, a, yeah. yeah it's, it's got a it's got single malt in it. But what I for do sure. is I lead them back there, and what I do is I hold my hands up, and I just go, the, uh, "You do, yeah, you." And <laughs> right. I go, "You, you do." Glasses in there, and right. then you do, and then whoever it is is. You know, grabbing bottles and and grinding uh, a weird fruit that I didn't know existed. Maybe this is what we need to do when we're cooking for somebody. You have all
2: the ingredients to make something amazing, but instead of really learning how to do it like Joel McHale, just invite them into the kitchen and say, you guys do it.
0: You guys do (laughs) it. Make it. No, we have all the—maybe you and I throw a party, and we say, look, Paul Rudd, Conan O'Brien, having a party— Everybody come on over. And then we get really good Kansas City steaks. Mm-hmm. We get uh, fresh vegetables. We get really good sides. We get, we have all the make, and then we just go, uh, do, do, do it. Do, do, do. Do Do, do. do it.
2: Yeah. Do, do, do it. I'm in. Do it. Yeah. Do it. But if you do it, but whoever it, will invite, yeah. Does a- anyone, you guys, could, know, you how guys to, know
0: how to do this? There's a thing over there. How does, it, how does this light? Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. I have a friend do who's it.
2: really, really good at, uh, at, at grilling, at cooking. And, and um, he uh, t- taught me a secret, actually, which was he soaks, he gets those steaks or even a chicken breast or whatever it is, and he soaks it for anywhere from one to four days around the, in, in canola oil, completely what? submerged in canola oil. By the way, people have already. They're, if they didn't throw their phones away before,
0: <laughs> they're doing it now. Now they're uh, they're feeding them into a shredder. <laughs>
2: but this is a nice grilling tip. You you can soak it completely submerged, and then uh, and then you put on a grill afterward, and uh, it doesn't dry out because it is so, oil has soaked it in, and it also it will. If you're grilling it, it burns it off. If you're smoking it, um, then uh, it, you don't even need to towel off. Towel off the breast <laughs> if you're smoking it. That sounds so pornographic. If you, just, if you
0: just tuned in and you heard Paul say you don't have to towel off the breast, don't towel off. Smoke the, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have Ketos, to towel those, off.
2: By the way, keep you want to keep the breasts oily. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Got it. Moist, ru- moist. You r- you rub them. Rub them. You yeah. brother. You put a rub. You you caress them and then you put a rub on them. Yes, yes. And make sure they're oiled. <laughs> Soak them and then, and then, uh, and they'll never dry out. (laughs) You've got some nice, nice,
0: juicy breasts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not even an orgasm noise I'm making. You do that, you do those sounds, and I'm going
4: to get really close (laughs) to the mic. And I'm going to say, so what you want to do is you get like, Uh get a packet of breasts. And you're going to get, you want a couple of jugs of canola oil. Uh, I mean, any kind of oil, really. uh, And you just, you just dump oil all over those uh, breasts. You're gonna, you get the breasts and you, you Uh, give, you let them breathe. uh, You let those breasts breathe. uh, And you knead them with your hands. And you let them, and you soak them and then you soak them for a good couple of days and then you get them out of the fridge and then you let them sit let them take in get those breasts at room temperature then you want to get some kind of rub some kind of spice and you want to make sure those breasts are covered in soup to nuts neck to nape and you rub you rub those spices all over those breasts. And then you put those breasts in a hot grill. And you smoke them up. Smoke those breasts. Smoke them. You get them out, you bite into those babies. Those babies are just, they melt in your mouth. They melt in your goddamn mouth. Chomp, mm. chomp.
2: So that's what I want to do when I turn 50. (laughs)
4: Uh,
0: We're going to sell this to NPR. We're going to get this on NPR. (laughs) That was Terry
4: Gross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was delightful. This was really delightful. You are a silly, uh, foolish man, a lovely man.
2: Oh, thank you. I I've would, enjoyed I
0: would, it. I would, uh, this is as, and you know what? This was as fun and uh, silly and uh, and relaxing and enjoyable as I thought it would be. Was there a middle section where it dragged? <laughs> uh, there always is. <laughs> in all things, in the in the cycle of life. Uh, this was lovely. This was very nice. What do you say, Sona? What I do you think? I loved it. What? I enjoyed it. Did you all like the dirty it. part at the end? <laughs> Um, you get I, creeped out a little bit. I could bit, have
1: huh? done without it, you know, like it yeah. but too, I enjoyed it. Gets too
0: creepy for you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's your sounds. You were yeah. Paul was fun. No, well, I think so you're saying that on the, you're, yeah. because
0: you're a guest, but it, it did <laughs> it did go on.
1: It went on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but you
0: know what? That's one of those things where people are going to be like, you know what? I wish longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I what didn't get gonna enough.
2: Say. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the great thing also about that rewind button.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: fifteen <laughs> yeah. seconds back, thirty. seconds. Yeah, like uh, uh, people will enjoy. People should loop that. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a ringtone.
0: Put that in a loop and then have that playing in your house in the background. Yeah. Well, someone's a ringtone. Someone's yeah. at the opera and their phone yeah. goes off. Uh, <laughs> You're oh. gonna wanna rub them. Uh. <laughs> my son's calling. Uh. <laughs> All right, Paul Rudd, God bless you. Thank you. And uh, let's meet up at that very special spot at JFK Airport sometime. I'll bring my banjo. Nice. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't
1: I know it.
0: But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe, that's my belief, Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, Mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield.
1: I do. And you know I you know, I don't take care of my cars very well. So CarShield, it would definitely come in.
0: You know, and, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit CarShield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's CarShield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest Cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package
3: to hear the voice of the people listen to some voicemails I think, the, some... I
0: think it's called in Latin the Vox Populi that's right I think I only know that because I think that was the name of a public access show in Boston they would say and now it's time for Vox Populi and I was like what the hell is that and then my brother Luke who's the smart one would say it means voice of the people <laughs> maybe that's what we should call this segment from now on I like that Vox Populi yeah sure that'll alienate a lot of people
1: <laughs> <laughs> not the Latin speakers yeah
3: all right. Um, today is Halloween as we record this, even though this episode will be out after the fact. But still, this is a nice spooky voicemail. Number three, Will. Hi, Conan. This is Nikki from Jacksonville, Florida. I have to drive over a really scary
1: bridge every morning to work and back. And listening to your podcast helps me through it. What's something that scares you and what do you do to help yourself? Love you, Sona. Wish you were my friend. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so nice. That's so
0: nice. Nikki, I am your friend. Um, I uh, think she
1: was talking to me. Yeah,
3: I think she
0: was talking to Sona. Oh, that's so embarrassing.
1: It was. I thought she
3: said Conan.
1: No, she said, love you, Sona. I wish you were my friend. Mm -hmm. And Nikki, I am your friend. That is really sad for you. (laughs) That is, that really, this is, that was a rough one.
0: You know what scares me? Making myself Vulnerable. Yeah, in an emotional moment and getting slammed. That was it. It happened and that was, right there. That's so weird. That that was. That's one of my biggest fears. <sighs>
1: sorry, oh, man. I
0: really did think she was saying, "I yeah. want you to be my friend, Conan." And I,
1: uh, she was talking. Yeah, she was talking about yeah, me. Yeah, I have the transcript. Um, yeah, we all heard it. Definitely, we all, Sona. Yeah, she said me.
0: And it just makes more sense. And
1: I'm so sorry. I know that you were just saying you don't like being vulnerable, but I really enjoyed what just happened. Yeah, I did too. That was really fun that for was me a special to watch. Moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. And yes, Nikki, I, w- I will be your friend.
0: Um <laughs> Nikki, I think that's a very dangerous bridge. Um and I I'm worried about its structural cohesion. And um,
3: you're punishing her.
0: I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go after her. Because I misheard what Nikki said, I'm going after Nikki now. No! Nikki no the infrastructure in this country is crumbling. <laughs> Many bridges have not been properly cared for. And you are right to be afraid. And um, every time you hear my voice, you should think about that bridge.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> and how badly maintained it is.
1: Punisher. Maybe I she don't was maybe it. she was saying No,
0: no, I know what happened here. I'm actually gonna research this bridge. We gotta find out which bridge it is.
1: She sounds really nice. Jacksonville,
0: Florida. Ooh, man, they make a bad bridge there. <laughs> man, that is uh. bad bridge central. Well, anyway, Nikki, um, I'm sorry I misheard you, and that is not on you. That's on me, so I will accept that, and I'm sure it's a safe bridge. I mean, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, 50% of our bridges, but you're probably on one of the good ones. So what scares me? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, after that, I'm just humiliated. Sounds like we found it. I think <laughs> yeah. you did find it. Yeah, wow. Um, no, I, I feel very safe in this zone, which is why what just happened was so fascinating
4: mm. oh. because
0: I misheard and it was no Sona that was getting the, uh, the cake and not me. I was being denied the birthday cake.
1: Well, so no. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to spin it to make you feel better. Right. She was asking
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. you you keep doing this thing that you're really good at, Sona, which is pretending to console me, but then stopping and pondering and saying, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. (laughs) And then what you do is you look like you're reaching over to clean the wound, but then you pause and you drop dirty gravel into it that squirrels have pooped on and you grind it into the wound. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great Sona trick. She do. does it all the time. I do do. That. Oh, Conan, you shouldn't feel bad. Really? No, you probably just weren't mentioned um, among the list of great talk show hosts. Well, it's bad that you're not in there It's really bad
1: (laughs) I (laughs) really really do that
0: (laughs) It's really Uh, bad, and I guess, I don't know Probably just, yeah, you've stuck around too long That's probably what happened Anyway, I gotta go early Because Tack and I We are gonna go to this clog dancing thing At the Armenian (laughs) Cultural Village
1: what? <laughs> what did you just do? Is there
3: Armenian clog dancing? No, there is
1: no. not. No. Yes, there's something you like that. You simultaneously just made me look like an asshole, and you just yeah, how completely did you? insulted my culture. I did not insult your culture. At the same time, you did both at the same you, time. Are you not
0: heavily involved in Armenian clog dancing? I am.
1: No, I'm not. See, you almost made me say it. There is no Armenian clog dancing. What Wait are you a minute. talking about? I've never
3: seen anyone couple victimhood with racism yeah. so elegantly <laughs>
0: before. That was unbelievable. I know. I'm certain there's some kind of clog dancing in your culture.
1: You, I am certain you are wrong. Who
0: would know more about Armenia, Sona? You or I?
1: I would. Me? That, that's yes, I would. That's I would. That's true. I would. That's true. I would. My husband's from there, so yeah, I would. And it's you true. come you,
3: from a heavily clog dancing
0: culture. Yeah. We don't. No, we don't wear clogs.
3: You? Yeah. There's
1: you Irish do clogs, aren't there?
0: Irish dance. clog no, dancing. No, no, that's just the heavy uh, sound our feet make when we've been drinking. <laughs> You're confusing us with just us stomping around on the second floor, going. Arr, arr. No, I'm we do oh, You're like uh, that probably there. like one ninth Irish and then Dutch, and there's definitely Germanic qualities in there. I Self-satisfied. N- n- I could do your 23 and Me without even seeing a genetic oh, sample. Boy, I know I just exactly into
3: it. Are you? Are you a I'm, lot of stuff? I'm, I'm all like mostly British
0: Isles, Irish, no, well, Scottish. Scottish. Sense. Yes, yes. Wales. You have a sort of imperial colonial air about you. <laughs> And the way you treat me, even though you're the producer, you're always looking at me with disdain, like, oh, we'll colonize that island. We'll take that island's potatoes. They'll do as we're told. That's always the way you look at me.
3: Really? Yes. You think so?
0: Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> but when you edit this podcast, that's your yeah. way of taking my potatoes. I,
3: I edit this dressed as a beef eater.
0: Yeah. You're always wearing one of those, those tall hats when you edit it, and you're like, I'll show that dirty Irish dog. I'll edit him, <laughs> i.e., eat his potatoes.
3: My Irish ancestry is Northern Irish, so like the the of Union course. loyalists and all that crap.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, we've alienated a lot of people in this podcast.
3: Including, Fox
1: Populi, including me. I'm I'm a little
3: confused. You are yeah. not.
0: You're not confused. You're fine.
1: <laughs> okay, if you say so.
4: <laughs>
3: Please. We really do got to bring a therapist in here one day and hash all this out. Do you think a therapist would last eight seconds with us? With you. I think we'd be fine with it. Yeah, I think you'd run them from the room. No, I would
0: not. I engage in therapy all the time. I mean, it's a mirror I talk to. Oh, but my therapist really loves me and says I'm doing a great job.
3: Oh, gee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you pay your own self? I put a little uh, tip jar at the bottom and I put money in, but then I always take it out at the end of the day so I can buy Funyuns at the 7-Eleven.
3: Oh, let's get out of here. It's Halloween. We got trick-or-treating to do.
0: Yep, we sure do.
3: <laughs> you got to get that Uncle Sam costume. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Okay, good work. Everybody. Well,
0: edit away on this segment, and there's some really good stuff in there. And yeah. then, of course, uh, there's pieces of corn amidst the turd.
3: <laughs> so. Well, there's something to edit out right there. Okay. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsession and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blayer, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Beckton You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. It's
1: that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.